to our latest Shoe Speak HR podcast. We are discussing, we being Amy Leach and I today, uh, and I'll come on to who our special guest is. But hi, Amy. Hi, Andy. You okay? Yeah, all good. Thank you. Um, so we're discussing the future of flexibility in the workforce, uh, workplace today and workforce. So we're going to look to cover hybrid working, gig economy trends, and our predictions for the future. Um, but Amy and I are delighted to be joined by Antonia Blackwell. Hi, Antonia. Hi, hi both. Antonia is our National Employment Team's professional support lawyer. Um, she's the font of all knowledge. Uh, so Amy and I are super relaxed today because we are have the comfort blanket that is Antonia. Yeah, wow, no pressure. <laughs> but Antonia, you do not escape our question for any guests that we have uh, in okay. respect of your favourite podcasts. Well, podcast, ideally. I am a bit of a cricket fan, which you may not know about me. Um, so I love the Tail Enders podcast. I don't know if you've ever come across it. It's loosely based around cricket, but mainly they just have a real laugh and it's a great listen. I definitely recommend it. There is going to be question marks, Amy, about where we're getting our guests from because there is a lot of cricket podcasts and Tail Enders has been brought up previously, Antonio. Really? I think uh, I didn't know if that is memory such serves a good me podcast. correct, it's Emma Morgan. Uh, so you right? two will have to uh, I think it is yeah I could be wrong but I suspect it is so okay. interesting well, it is, it so is good get listening from, <laughs> from the world of cricket um, yes I'm conscious that England are currently playing in the West Indies oh, um, yes. and I'm trying to tenuously think of a link to bring it back <laughs> to flexible working but those cricketers have to be flexible with all the travel they have to do and all the COVID <laughs> bubbles they've had to do. So there we are, we have it. Um, Seamless. So I, I guess, yeah, exactly. So Antonio, what, what's, give us your insight, I guess, into to where we are. Yeah, I think, I think it's a really interesting time, actually, because the pandemic has definitely changed the way people work and the way people view work. Obviously, we had that period of enforced home working. And I think the Office of National Statistics said we went from something like 12% of people home working up to almost 50% of people working from home um, in April 2020. So a massive shift. Um, and it has changed attitudes, I think, for employers and for employees about what works and what they want their working arrangements to be. There is definitely, I think, a trend amongst employees that they want to continue home working where it's possible. I think there is perhaps a bit more of a mixed approach when it comes to employers as to how much home working they think is ideal. And I think this is a challenge for employers actually at the moment. How do they achieve that balance and take into account what employees are looking for, but also all the things that come from being in a workplace that are lost where people work from home quite a lot. So I think it's a really interesting time. I don't think we are yet entirely at a status quo. I think 
we're still going to see quite a lot of change and flux in this area. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how it progresses. Well, now we're kind of restrictions are lifted and, and we're looking perhaps at the next phase of hybrid and flexible working. I, I'm also seeing a lot, and I agree entirely, Antonia, that you know, kind of things will keep evolving over the next couple of years. I envisage, but you know, kind of when you when you speak to to individuals in in different parts of the business, you know, kind of different industries, nobody really quite knows what they want either. Uh, so that makes it a real challenge for businesses because if individuals aren't quite sure what they want, what they need, then you know, kind of for for an organisation to to get a one size fits all, it's a challenge. Uh, you know, so I, I, you know, kind of, there will be uh, changes afoot. I think as as we yeah. as we all kind of settle down to the post pandemic life, hopefully. Yeah, and I think it's really um, interesting as well because, of course, you know, we've gone through this massive period of change over the last two years, but actually kind of those people who have been working from home have been doing it for two years and it has very much become normal for them. And actually what we're now doing is going, well, we need to change again. And I think there is a bit of resistance to that. So I think, you know, it, it is going to be difficult for employers to, to get it absolutely right. I think the other thing I wanted to sort of bring out as well is that we talk a lot about hybrid working, this kind of mix of office and home working. But Actually, there are a lot of roles that can't be done in a hybrid way. And I think it's really important that we don't forget that and that when employers are looking about how they they come back to work post pandemic, they think about flexibility in the round and, and hybrid working is just one element of flexible working. Um, but there are lots of other things. and you know, you've got to have that broader perspective to make sure you don't get this sort of two-tier workforce where you've got some people who are hybrid and they, and then those who have to be in the office or the work in, workplace um, because you don't want to build up any resentment or anything. And so I think it's important to think about flexibility in the round as well. And I guess on, on that topic, Amy, the, the gig economy is, mm -hmm. is something that was embracing flexibility even before it was forced on the rest of, you know, kind of the rest of the working world. Yeah. So how's, how's that going to, to kind of no, evolve? Absolutely. Um, before, before I sort of moved to the gig economy, actually just a point to add on to, to something Antonia said, and actually this stems from me reading um, a couple of posts on Twitter actually yesterday where someone had said that we probably would have always, regardless of a pandemic happening or not, we probably would have always ended up with some hybrid working in the future. It was the way it was going. But actually, we've kind of ended up having done it backwards. Instead of if there was no pandemic, it's likely that people would have gradually gone down a few days to work at home rather than the complete opposite of going completely home working five days a week and now having to try and build it up again. And arguably, it's actually harder doing it the way we're doing it now instead of gradually working down from what we were used to and I thought that was really interesting actually mm. um and I kind of resonated with that because at the moment it does feel like people are in and out the office different days maybe there's kind of no clear set patterns yet people are still figuring out how it's going to work and like you said um Antonio, if employees 
um, don't know what they want, um, that makes it all the harder for employers to know how to manage that. Um, so yeah, I thought that was quite interesting, just looking at it from from that perspective. Um, and yeah, absolutely, Andy. So the gig economy um, is a term that's obviously been around for a little while now, uh, before the pandemic as well. Um, and we generally use it, I guess, to describe um, lots of short-term contracts or freelance work where there is um, a lot of flexibility compared to, I suppose, permanent jobs that might be or were originally, say, nine to five in the office every Monday to Friday. I think there's a couple of reports out there at the moment that actually refer to it as well about people using apps to sell their labour. And I think when you say the term the gig economy, it makes you think of Uber drivers and um, sort of people using those apps and all the cases that have stemmed out from uh, those in sort of workers as well. And I think it's going to be an area that's sort of undoubtedly going to increase with popularity over time. You've seen a lot of people now get a taste for more flexibility through the pandemic. Um, a lot of people now expect flexibility as kind of a day one type sort of right from their perspective when they're looking at roles and employers. Um, and I think employees, I think the key term here is probably control. I think employees are liking being able to control their own time and I think we sort of have spoken about this before in previous podcasts, but it's where employers um, are sort of more, should be, I suppose, arguably more concerned about output and not so concerned about how employees are getting to that point, as long as they're doing what they need to do, giving them the flexibility to do that. Um, and I think atypical working arrangements like you see in the gig economy do have benefits. So you get the increased flexibility from the employer and the employee. Um, it gives those individuals that freedom to work, gives them that control or they feel like they're in control um, in terms of doing their work when they need to, but still getting the job done and the employer still gets that output that they need. Um, I think there probably are challenges in this area as well. So I suppose are individuals working in this area properly protected to start with? Um, I suppose, again, is it appropriate and consistent with the needs of the business? Different employers, again, you touched on that um, earlier to say actually some employers may need people in more permanent positions with set hours and the flexibility is very limited there just because of the operations that they run and actually flexibility could jeopardize that um, rather than enhance it and I think it's a sort of a no one size fits all for employers it's kind of looking at your workforce and what works best for you um, and again I think as the kind of this area of the economy continues to develop so will the legal obligations on employers um, and organisations and I think it's just employers just need to be mindful of that and keeping an eye on these things as they arise. No agreed it you know kind of a the the, the gig economy like like you say Amy is something that you kind of I guess associate with with tech in in lots of ways uh, and and again kind of bringing everything back together the you know the hybrid work and the need to work from home that that's all all come through tech and, and tech is showing no signs of slowing down is it so you know kind of whatever tech is developing then you know kind of its impact on work will inevitably for me carry on having an impact and it's how that tech is embraced by both employers and employees i think that's a really good point um, because i think not only does it allow flexible working and connecting people across different locations. But I know a lot of um, employers are looking at whether they can automate some of the more 
or the less attractive roles and perhaps the ones where they're really struggling to recruit? I know you've both talked about the great resignation in, in other podcasts that you've done. And, you know, there's clearly a shortage um, in the labour market, for, particularly around certain roles. And, and again, you know, this expectation people have that they'll be able to have more flexibility in the work they do. So I think technology can do quite a lot in terms of covering those kind of more basic roles that um, perhaps are less attractive and less flexible. Um, and I think there is a there is a lot going on across organisations in that space as well. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, I, I know there's um, a lot of concern, isn't there? You know, robots are going to take our jobs, but actually I don't think that will be the case. I think it's about, you know, making the, the jobs that we do better and more um, flexible and more the kind of work that we people want to do. Yeah, no, agreed. And I guess projecting forwards, how, how do I see that? Well, there's been lots of talk of four day working weeks, you know, and I know that Japan and, and Spain are, and Scotland are currently kind of undertaking government funded pilot schemes of the four day working week. Um, we we had a brief discussion about this before we, we came on, on air to discuss the podcast and, and, and the challenge, I think, for most people at the moment who, who undertake a four day working week is that they are cramming five days into four or they are having to log on on their day off. Um, you know, so they, the challenge for me is, you know, kind of this would work and is a fantastic principle and, and is something that I think most uh, workers would put their hands up and say, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. But the, the, the challenge is the the additional pressure that causes on, on the day off and, you know, kind of, is it a day off? Um, so, you know, we, we would need the whole culture um, of work, you know, kind of across the UK, across the world to to kind of recognise that that four day working week, because, you know, that's that's the beauty of a weekend, isn't it? The, the emails go quiet, you know, you, you, you're not kind of expected to be available whereas if you just pick a day in a week um then then that doesn't happen because other people don't know your working patterns um and that links nicely i guess with the the right to disconnect because if you're going to have a four-day working week then you need to have that right to disconnect so that you know kind of you can enjoy that day off but that's all flexibility in the round and and, and kind of goes to the point i think that antonia made in so much as organizations you know kind of individuals are still in this you know kind of whether they like it or not this kind of testing stage as to to how yeah. this will all work going forwards um but but i think what organizations have to do is kind of really consider and reevaluate how they work how they want organ you know kind of their staff to work you know kind of do they need to reset their culture and and can they introduce diversity you know kind of a, a more embedded culture albeit it's a remote one in part, you know, because it, it's those organizations that that will win the talent war, um, you know, and, and Antonia, yeah. you know, she mentioned the great resignation. That's not slowing <laughs> down. Um, you know, pe people are still, you know, kind of looking for other challenges, looking for different lifestyles, you know, kind of, and, and if organizations can allow that, then then they are likely to attract and retain the, the best possible talent, you know, so it, it's, I'd love to sit here with a crystal ball and be able to tell organizations and individuals that this is how it will all pan out. Um, I think if anybody did try and tell you that, they would be lying. You know, they certainly can't say with any certainty. I mean, that's my personal views. Antonia, Amy, any counter views to that? 
Yeah, I think the only thing we can say with certainty is that things have changed and that we can't go back to the way we used to work pre-pandemic. And I think employers need to recognise that. I don't think there's any getting away from it. I think, yeah, what the ideal situation is, I think maybe we are still to discover that. Um, but I think the use of, of trial, trying things, trials, as long as you make it clear that's what you're doing, um, you can then at least test and see how things work and what problems it it you know brings up and how you might be able to overcome those. I think communication is key as well. I know again this is a theme that runs through <laughs> a lot of your podcasts. Um, but talking to people, understanding what it is they want, why they want it, explaining what's possible as well and why it's possible or why it's not possible, um, I think will really help. We, we've got to go through this journey together. That would be my message. I'd agree with you, Antonia. And I think uh, communication, obviously one of our favourites. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I think, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I think, as I sort of alluded to earlier, I think flexibility has almost become probably an expectation for many employees now and as sort of saying the employers I suppose need to just be mindful of that especially with new hires and recruits as well if they are trying to recruit um like people into vacancies that they've got at the moment um and just having that open conversation with them and I think like you said Antonia making it really clear what is possible and what isn't possible and anything that we're not sure if it's possible we try it out and we see if it is possible and how we can make that work um and I think if employers just kind of embrace it and approach it with an open mind they can't go too far wrong I don't think so. No absolutely couldn't agree more and, and I think the key in terms of kind of maintaining good employee relations is is telling staff why it's not possible um, mm. you know all organizations have to have a bit of a hierarchy of needs in terms of what their focus is and, and the initial focus will be clients customers you know to make sure that services products are delivered then there has to the next step down has to be the team you know kind of if if somebody in the need team needs somebody else in and then thereafter the the individual obviously all individuals have flexibility needs you know whether that's childcare, whether that's you know kind of elderly care whether that's dogs walking cats you know kind of dentists doctors whatever everybody everybody has needs so that individuals don't just think that their manager is saying no for the sake of knowing yeah uh, it's knowing for the sake of saying mm -hmm. no just having that communication line so that everybody mm -hmm. understands why it is that they can't do something like amy's mm -hmm. already suggested we, we've kind of all got used to this flexibility and this working from home and and everything else so if that suddenly taken away from people that's when you know kind of that frustration may, mm -hmm. may kind of rear its ugly head so but that's i mean that's and fantastic i'm sorry, sorry. yeah on, i was I'm just gonna say also <laughs> <laughs> um also you know promoting the benefits of coming in to the office as well you know and making it a place um where people want to be but also perhaps identifying the kind of tasks and work that needs to be done in the office that that collaboration that teamwork team meetings so again people understand oh yes i can see the logic why i need to come into the office to do that um, i think that will help too no agreed um and, and all i was going to say antonia is thank you so much for giving up your time to come in and join in amy and i hugely appreciated this podcast has been delivered 
from my uh, office, Antonia's office, remotely, uh, and, and Amy being in our Shoesmiths uh, Northampton office. So we, we're showing how, how kind of flexibility and technology works <laughs> in delivering a podcast. Um, Absolutely, yeah. But it's been fantastic to discuss and to kind of project forward on, on where we think organisations will get to. Uh, if If any of our listeners want to kind of reach out, ask any questions to us, you know, by all means do so. And equally to, to let us know how your organization is is embracing the change. We, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, usual channel, best channel to get us is, is to email, email us at shoespeakhr at shoesmiths.co.uk. But thank you for listening. Uh, and we will look forward to you joining us again uh, in the very near future. Thanks, bye. Oh, thank you, bye.